0: Loving Father, thank you for that wonderful foundation that we all stand upon tonight. And Father, we know that though we may shake sometimes on top of the rock, the rock never shakes underneath us. It's a sure foundation. Father, we commit those who uh, are going through trials and suffering in our church family. Father, we pray for Uh, The services that are coming up, Lord, we pray for uh, Alvina Hummer's family and Linda Reed's family. And uh, just pray that, uh, Lord, you would have your way and and bring comfort to to those that will be in attendance. And, uh, Father, uh, Lord, that you would minister to hearts. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that uh, you are the God that goes before us. And you carry us through the valley of the shadow of death. Father, we uh, want to give you praise and thanks for the good news we heard about Jan, the clear x-ray. Oh, we give you glory. And Father, uh, we thank you for the progress that she's making and continues to uh, keep her hand upon her and strengthen her, Lord. And may all go well, Lord, uh, as she has the adjustment made to her leg. Father, we thank you for the answer to prayer for my brother Bevan. Thank you, Lord, that you've been merciful, and you've given him more time, Lord, with his family and uh, w- with uh, serving you. So, Lord, we continue to keep, uh, leave him in your hands and ask, uh, Lord, that you would be merciful. And for everyone else, Lord, that, uh, that is sick and afflicted, uh, may thy will be done, and we ask that you would grant healing according to your will. And now we come to your word, Lord speak once again and we will listen we pray in jesus name amen amen thank you so much everyone and let's take our bibles now and let us turn to the book of ezra the book of ezra we're going to continue our series uh in this book and uh <clears throat> we have arrived at chapter two And uh, we're going to be going through chapter 2 tonight quite quickly, because we're going to skip a few things. Um, Again, uh, as you recall, uh, this was a time when the king of Persia, Cyrus, by the fulfillment of the Word of God, the prophecy, he permitted the jews to return to jerusalem to rebuild their temple and so the first set of exiles returned to jerusalem and that's what this whole book is all about for ezra returned with we will find that he returns later but he's not we don't find ezra in the though he wrote this book we don't find him till chapter seven but we read about how, again, uh, King Cyrus, uh, someone must have certainly shown him the prophecies concerning himself. Uh, about And he was named, uh, his name was given by Isaiah as the, the very man that would, uh, God would use as his instrument to bring, bring his people back to, uh, to the land. And so so it began, And then, in chapter one, it talks about uh, King Cyrus providing all, all the materials and much of the supplies and finances uh, and, and all the um, gold uh, and, and silver. Um, Articles that were in the the former temple that were taken when uh, Judah was taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, but they still had them s- uh, uh, saved in a, a special place. They had not destroyed them or burned them up, and so these utensils were and things were allowed to be brought back for the the restored temple that they were going to try and rebuild the people so we come to verse uh, chapter 2 and we'll just look at verses 1 and 2 and then we'll move past the next number of verses but let's read verses uh, 1 and 2 then these are the people of the province who came up out of the captivity of the exiles whom nebuchadnezzar the king of babylon had carried away to Babylon, and returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his city. So they they came back, and we have here in uh, verse two the names of those who were leading the uh, the 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 people back. These came with. Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Saraiah, Reliah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvi, Rehum, and Banna. These are the leaders. And the ones I want to point out in particular uh, are the ones that were kind of... uh, overseeing everything and it was first of all the man named Zerubbabel we talked about him last time that uh, his name was mentioned he is uh, he was given a Babylonian name and so that name is interchanged uh, used and interchanged with his Jewish name, Zerubbabel, but uh, his Babylonian Chaldean name that was given to him was uh, Sheshbazar. And so when we see that name, it's the same person here. But Zerubbabel, and I I just love this man in scripture. And as we go through this study, uh, we're going to look more into this particular man uh Zerubbabel he was appointed the governor over the province of Judah so going back he was the governor now what's important to understand with Zerubbabel is that he was a descendant also of the last reigning Judean king so he was of the line of David as many of these others were as well, but it's signi- a significant fact <clears throat> to show again that the exiles coming back, they had retained some of their national uh, character, and and they knew what tribes they were from, and so they came back that way. And God, remember, God, even in exile, was preserving the line of David through which the Messiah would one day be born. And then we have this, uh, this other one named Jeshua, And Yeshua, uh was a, the, a priest, so he was a high priest that was returning. So he would be the first high priest since the destruction of the first temple and so we have the, them returning now <clears throat> uh, the rest of uh verse uh two and then three all the way down it says the number of the men of the people of israel these are the ones that ha- were returning and now it gives a list and we aren't you glad we're not gonna read this list and go through each name because i couldn't get through it myself i don't think but it has the sons of the different men and how many people came with them in their family or their, uh, or their tribe. And so it, it goes through uh, all these names and it gives numbers, which is pretty incredible. And so it goes uh, all through, drop down then to verse 40. The Levites, the sons of Jeshua and Kadmiel, of the sons of Hodoviah, 74. But then verse 41, the singers, the sons of Asaph, 128 of them were returning from Babylon. Remember the name Asaph? Where do, where do we find his name? in psalms the book of psalms he wrote some psalms and so he was a singer and this was the national choir and the choir was returning for uh they were going to prepare that the the singers were coming the choir was coming and uh and that they were going to return to be part of 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 restoring worship as this this new temple was restored. And then we go on and all these others, again, the sons of so-and-so, sons of so-and-so. And so we're going to go all the way down and skip over. Then we're going to come to uh, verse 64. If you look at verse 64 with me. The whole assembly numbered 42,360 besides their male and female servants. And then it goes to even number, look at verse 66, it numbers the horses. There were 736, and mules there were 245. Their camels were 435. Their donkeys, 6,000. Boy, the donkeys had a good family. Look at that. But it's interesting that God would put the numbers of the animals in here. He he wants, uh, Ezra is putting this down according to the word word of the Lord that was given to him. To put these numbers in there as a reminder of, of, of who came back. But we also want to remember that there were many who stayed back in Babylon. Many of the Jews remained in Babylon. They chose not to come back to their homeland. And uh we'll we'll mention why in, in a little bit. So we we have here <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh we we have uh all these uh, these numbers given and then verse sixty nine we uh I'm sorry, uh verse sixty eight. And the sum of the heads of fathers' households when they arrived at the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem, offered willingly for the house of God to restore it on its foundation. So here are the heads of the, uh, the fathers. The heads heads uh, here of um, the fathers' households that they came. When they got there, they assembled together, and they wanted to give they gave financially and they gave of themselves notice it says they offered willingly this was basically offered freely for the house of god they were giving of their own resources and we have as as we see according to their Uh, Then we come to verse 69 concerning their giving. According to their ability, they gave to the treasury for the work 61,000 gold drachmas and 5,000 silver minus and 100 priestly garments. Uh, What is interesting is that phrase according to their ability in other words they gave freely according to their ability turn with me to 1 Corinthians because i want to see you to see how that relates to us 1 Corinthians chapter 16 1 Corinthians 16 And uh, we will pick it up at verse 1. So Paul writes to them, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also, on the first day of every week, let each of you put aside and save, as he may Prosper, that no collections be made when I come. The key phrase is there, as he may prosper. What Paul is saying is, according to how God blesses you financially, give. He doesn't put a number on it, he doesn't say 10% which, of course, is a great starting point, according to the Old Testament, the tithe. But here, the Apostle Paul makes it clear that according to your ability, and that's what they were saying, that's what God said back in Ezra there, that people gave according to their ability. So they didn't expect, they didn't say, okay, every family gives exactly the same amount. you got to give, and there may have been a poor family, and a more wealthy family, but they didn't say, "Okay, uh, remember this is a, a social system here, you know." And so uh, we're everybody's going to give exactly the same. No, it was a free will according to their ability, according to their their ability to give, and then it was it, it was up to the heart as to whether or not uh, how much they could give. And I think it's a beautiful thing because that is the way that we. Uh, Uh, are called to give. Turn to chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians. So if you go over to 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, and look at verse 1 with me. 2 Corinthians 8, 1. Paul writes to the church, Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their, deep, and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. These were churches that didn't have much money, and in their affliction, they were giving. They were giving. Then verse 3 for i testify that according to their what ability but then look what lcu then writes and beyond their ability they gave of their own accord begging us with much entreaty for the favor or participation in the support of the saints And this, not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. They gave themselves to the Lord first. Here were churches that gave beyond their ability. There was a need. And so there were these churches that came together and church of here in the churches of Macedonia and though they were suffering and they didn't have a lot, they went above and beyond and they gave a gift for the other churches that are in Jerusalem, the poor church in Jerusalem, actually, that was in dire need. And so here is a great example for us again. And I know that... Uh, People in our church, here at Jonestown Bible Church, uh, are giving people. You folk are, are, are giving people. And you give above and beyond. You give beyond your ability. And it's, it's been seen, because many of, many of you and many of the others I've seen have given beyond their means, but they've given as they felt led of the Holy Spirit and the Lord to give to someone else who may be in need. Suddenly there's a crisis in their life. Suddenly someone, you hear someone's going to the mission field, and someone says, I feel led. The Lord wants me to give, and I, I really don't have it, but, but I know I need to give. God honors that. And see, God's not looking at the number of what we give. What does he look at? He looks at our heart and our motive. Why we're giving and if we're giving, uh, you know, for, as unto the Lord. And the only way we can truly be uh, givers uh, tr- uh, in the way that, that God would have us give is if I first have given myself to the Lord and to his will. And that's what, that's what Paul says here. That that's what they did, verse 5. They first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. How beautiful. So I wanted you to see that this is a New Testament principle of gi- giving according to our ability. So let's go back to Ezra together. And if we go back to Ezra, we are now then, as as, as they're gathering their offerings to give to rebuild the temple we come to chapter 3 and look at verse 1 with me together now when the 7th month came and the sons of Israel were in the cities the people gathered together as one man to Jerusalem isn't that beautiful as one man to jerusalem this is talking about unity that they came together as one and that is what of course the church of jesus christ should be we should come together and i thank the lord that we have seen that that there's a unity here amongst us and our local church our local church flock and there's a unity and harmony. Yes, Satan will get in. Yes, there's, there's always going to be difficulties, conflicts, you know, problems, some divisions here and there. But ultimately, you pray for unity and division, which is what the Lord Jesus wants of his church. But it's beautiful to see that people come together with one purpose and one mind. And that is, we are going to rebuild the house of the Lord. And then verse 2. Then Joshua, the house of Jodak, and his brothers and priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shelteel, and his brothers arose and built the altar of God, the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Verse 3, so they set up the altar on its foundation. For they were terrified because of the peoples of the lands. And they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord. Burnt offerings morning and evening. So here it is, they... The two lead, main leaders Joshua and Zerubbabel start the rebuilding project but what do they do first before they put one stone in to rebuild the temple of the Lord what do they do first this strikes me they they said first thing we got to do is rebuild the altar and the altar, of course, was outside the temple, just outside the temple, which the high priests used to burn the sacrifices that the people brought to make atonement for their sin. So these people, led by Zerubbabel, Jeshua, they said, the most important thing we need to do is start worshiping the Lord. Before we do any building, and God is going to be pleased, and God is, that is what God wants us to do. He's brought us back for this purpose, to rebuild his house. Yet before that, what was their concern? We need to make sure our hearts are clean. So we need to rebuild the altar so that we can make sacrifices to our Lord and have our sins forgiven. And I think that's, that's a good reminder to each one of us as the children of God. Reminds me that God is concerned before I come into his house to worship. He wants me to have a clean heart. And he wants me to deal with any sin in my life before I would come into his house and worship or begin service or begin working for the Lord. He's concerned that I build the altar in my heart and that I come to the Lord and I make sure that I confess my sin before him and I know that he will forgive. And that's what they were doing. They were pre- preparing themselves spiritually as they built, rebuilt this altar. And notice they rebuilt it on the old foundation. And Jonestown Bible Church, when it was burnt down, what year was that again? Does somebody remember? 74 or 2? 74, 1974. It was burnt to the ground. Uh, I just can't help but think how similar this story is to what happened here at Jonestown, to Jonestown Bible Church. It's was burnt down. And Satan was probably happy, you know, dancing around with uh, the, uh, the demons of darkness saying, we, we got that church. Well, they're done. But no, what happened? The people, God's people here at Jonestown Bible Church rolled up their sleeves. And they began together to rebuild this on the old foundation and they rebuilt it, and suddenly we have this beautiful sanctuary and building that God gave. But because of the faithfulness of the people of God here. And what did they do first? And many of you were part of that. They gave. Gave financially. They gave of themselves. They gave of their talents and abilities. So we had electricians. We had Uh, you know carpenters and everyone who pitched in and made this all possible it just reminds me of this uh, of this for this temple that's being rebuilt much like our church and it the reason it's here is because the people stayed faithful to the lord and they were putting god first and that's what they're doing here the people came together and they are going to worship the lord on this rebuilt altar. And here we have, as they arose and built the uh, altar, uh, they began to perform the burnt offerings. They resumed the burnt offerings, morning and evening, as we see there, the burnt offerings, because this was all written in the book of Moses. And so they were going to, Worship the Lord first and make sure their hearts are clean and God would forgive their sins. Verse 4, and they celebrated the Feast of Booths as it is written and offered the fixed number of burnt offerings daily. See, they're following the the word of God, the law of Moses, according to the ordinance as each day required. And afterward, there was a continual burnt offering also for the new moons and for all the fixed festivals of the Lord that were consecrated and from everyone who offered a free will offering to the Lord from the first day of the 7th month they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord but the foundation of the temple of the Lord had not been laid again a reminder that Worshipping God was the first thing. It reminds me of the pilgrims, doesn't it? Who came to America. What's the first thing they did? They worshipped the Lord. They worshipped him. Oh, we long for those days. And so they, the foundation had not been laid, but they were giving their money. They were building the altar. They were, uh, they were offering their sacrifices. Verse 7, then they gave money to the masons and carpenters and food and drink and oil to the Sidonians and to the Tyrians to bring cedar wood from Lebanon to the sea at Joppa, according to the permission they had from, king, from Cyrus, king of Persia. They all came together, and now they started to get all the workers they needed and pay them so that they had money to do their job to rebuild to build the foundation and rebuild the temple and here again is a picture of unity and harmony that they were all pitching in together and it's a beautiful thing to see the family of God when there is a vision when there is something that needs to be done for the glory of God to come together and arm in arm, say, we are going to serve the Lord, and we are going to do this for the God's glory. And then everyone who has a part, has an ability, has been given a talent, a gift, they've said, here am I, I'm, I will be used of the Lord. And it's such a beautiful thing when people step up and say, here I am, Lord. And I think as we, we close right now this, this evening, This is a reminder to us once again that tomorrow, before everything else, before seeking to serve the Lord in some kind of ministry or whatever he calls us to do, that the first thing I would do is to go to the altar and make sure my heart is clean and cry before him. Cry a heart of confession and say, Lord, look into my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Give me a clean heart and then I can truly worship him and he will be glorified. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful account we have of the, your people who you brought back to the land. They were sent back, Lord, to begin rebuilding. Their desire first was to rebuild your house. But, Father, we see that their their desire was before they put one stone in place that they would build you the altar and confess their sins. Father, may we do the same. And we know that that is when you will be glorified and honored and pleased with us. That the fruit of our labor will not be in vain. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.